Hey, this is Lori Acker. Welcome to the Small Church Ministry Podcast. Welcome to episode 107 of the Small Church Ministry Podcast. If this is the first time you're hearing us, like this is the first episode you've ever listened to, I want to encourage you to go back to episode number one, way back at the beginning, where we talk about what got, what we believe God is doing in small churches and what we believe about numbers. It's going to give you a really good foundation of who we are and why we do what we do. In addition to that, early on, there's a pretty um, good series about volunteers, about how to get more volunteers and to how to help volunteers be successful in your churches. Today, we're talking, we're kind of going a little bit off the beaten path, and I want to just give you a little background why. As you know, in life and in ministry, things don't always go as planned. I'm a little behind in where I want to be for the podcasts. Today is Monday, and the podcast gets released every Tuesday morning. So I need to get my daughter an episode today so she can take it through all the production steps and make it live and have it published tomorrow morning. Now, this is not the way I like to work. One of my goals is to always be working six to eight weeks ahead of time in most areas of what we do here in small church ministry. I don't want to do things at the last minute. I don't want to feel rushed or feel behind. And that includes having podcasts in the queue, social media posts pre-scheduled, and lots more. I spent a lot of years of my life in the hustle of ministry and work and raising kids and working jobs. And I'm 54 now, and I just see how unhealthy much of that was. Some of it seemed necessary at the time, but my perspective is so different now. So today, as I'm aware of the need for a podcast tomorrow, I don't have one sitting in the queue. So I decided to follow my own advice and some things that I've even told you all about ministry when you're feeling behind or rushed, and really to think about what is necessary, what did I promise, and also figure out if there's an easier way to do it with less overwhelm or less stress. Now, what I promise this month is women's ministry content, because we've got this amazing women's ministry uh, conference coming up at the end of the month. This is kind of our theme for the month. Now, I have led four different conferences with Small Church Ministry about women's ministry, and I have spoken multiple times at each conference. So my big brainstorm was, I will repurpose one of those talks. People still talk about the content, even from four years ago, from those conferences. I know it is good. It is solid teaching. It is classic. It, 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 is, it stands the test of time. So I'm going to go back and find one of my best and put it out on the podcast for tomorrow. But here's the thing. I'm going back and listening to clips. And there's such good content. But I just want to say I have grown so much since then. As a speaker, as a communicator, even my voice sounded different, maybe less confident, maybe less sure. But even in my own health, spiritually, emotionally, the way that I plan, the way that I think, I'm different now. And I don't want to give you the old me. I want to give you who I am today. I have new skills and I have learned so much. It's pretty exciting and also refreshing. But it's also frustrating because I don't want to repurpose that content. But here's the thing. Growth should be a priority for each and every one of us. As Jesus followers, growing in skill, growing in self-awareness, growing in knowledge, growing in understanding of people, 
growing in depth. This is such a God thing. He did not design or create anything in the universe that is stagnant, did he? Even the stars, they are born and they die out. They can actually age the stars. The waters are teeming with new life constantly. We as humans, we were not created to grow to a certain point and then hang out there. Like now we get it. This is the way things are. I got the perspective. No, that is not biblical. Thinking even to the biblical verse about how we only see things dimly, they are not complete until we see Jesus face to face. So how about you? Are we growing in understanding even of our culture or are we digging in our heels? Like this is not the way it is supposed to be. Are we growing in knowledge about God? Yes, but not just about God or about scriptures, about people. We know so differently now about like neuroscience and how we develop through our environments about trauma. I got to talk about this because I want to say churches who do not grow in understanding of this area of how we develop as people little onto adulthood. Churches who are not growing in this area of knowledge or understanding or sensitivity are going to be irrelevant in our culture. They just are. We need to grow our ministry as we grow our understanding of how God created us to learn and grow. We've got to quit labeling people as difficult or trouble when we should be seeing people with compassion and empathy. We need to grow in skill, not just with people or understanding them, but skills and strategies, things that we teach in small churches. The things that we teach in the small church network and at our conferences and on the blog, they are so good. And also not just for ministry, but also for life. We teach understanding people. We teach being good listeners. We teach building good relationships. We teach having meaningful conversations. We teach managing time and priorities. And please quit saying you are too busy or you are doing it all because you don't have to be that way. There is new skills to learn and a different way to live. And we teach this. We also teach ministry skills and programming that works in small churches. There was a comment that came up on one of our blog posts this week, the one that talked about secret sister programs and how make them not secret. And somebody wrote a comment and said, has anybody actually done this in a small church? Because in my church, I'm kind of seeing this happen. And I was confidently able to respond to her and say, yes, the person who wrote this blog post does this in her small church because everything we teach is actually proven and works in small churches because we are learning from each other. We're not sharing things theoretically that should work. We are sharing what is working today in small churches. We even teach ministry skills like how to give better announcements and communicating in a way that isn't overwhelming, but meets people's needs. We're not importing things from larger church settings or things that should be working. And by the way, if you wonder what's wrong with your church and why things aren't working in your church, there is nothing wrong with your church or with you or with the size of your attendance. 
Successful ministry is not dependent on numbers. Look at the life of Christ. This is not just a theory that Lori's putting out to the universe that successful ministry isn't dependent on numbers. It is indisputable in what we see about the life of Christ and even throughout the Old Testament. Now, even with programming, our society, even our church cultures, isn't the same as it was even a couple decades ago. We used to share an event and say, hey, there's an event coming at church and people would come. It's different now. It needs a different modality. It needs a different way to do things. We are slammed with information right now as a culture. There is too much. There are so many options. You know, people used to talk about the grocery store. Why are there a hundred types of cereal? Just tell me which kind to buy or which kind of rice. Like it's overwhelming being at the grocery store, but we don't even go to the grocery store anymore. Or a lot of people don't. They're ordering online and talk about the information online, that overload. So let's learn how to help people find what they need in our churches, not give them so much information that they're just overwhelmed by one more new thing. Um, recently, Barbara Carniero um, was on our par- podcast, and she talked about curating information, a new way to give announcements, to tell people about things so they're finding what they need, not just complaining that people aren't reading the bulletins and they're not showing up. It's kind of like we're throwing a ball, and we're so upset that people aren't catching it. But can I just ask, is it always the catcher's fault? Like, why aren't people coming in? Why, why are people not interested in the church? Why are the things I'm putting out there, why aren't they coming? Well, let's just talk about throwing a ball and someone catching it. Maybe we're not throwing the ball in the right direction, or we need to throw it differently. It may not be their fault. I hear people say, I'm putting Jesus out there, but they're not coming. Well, Some of that is just the way that Jesus works. The road is narrow, right? But we need to make room for God doing a new thing among us because he already is. So as frustrated as I am that I cannot pick an old presentation to repurpose for tomorrow's podcast episode, I am also really grateful. I am grateful that I have grown and changed. I am grateful because everything around me is growing and changing and God is growing me because I've put myself in that place and said, grow me, God, show me. And you have been part of my growth and my changes. Our community at Small Church Ministry challenges me to think, to find creative solutions, to go outside of my comfort zone and my little box. Rachel Swihart, God bless her. She can pop on our Facebook community and make Canva look so easy or showing us how to use a new texting app for churches that is free. She makes things look so simple. I have learned so much from her. Tony and Dee Bryce out of the UK sharing about worship and how they literally got rid of or gave permission for an entire professional worship band to quit, to leave their small church. And they stripped things down intentionally, believing this was completely God-led. They stripped down the worship programming of their congregation to teach what worship is and how the congregation are the worship leaders. 
Can I just say the boldness and trust of so many people I've connected with in the small church network that we have, it inspires me and it makes me better. It helps me to stop doing what I used to do, what used to work and change things up. Pastors Tim and Jessica Jackson, amazing stories out of Minneapolis. They are creating a vision for a Montessori school that is literally the first ever all boys faith-based Afrocentric Montessori school that's ever been around. They are in our community. Pam Yates, Pam Yates was, was the first non-family fan that we had here. (laughs) Her story, she stepped up to lead worship in her small church because there was no one. As a retired teacher who was just learning to play the bass as a hobby, she became a worship leader. And now she's steering testimonies of the women's retreats that she is putting together in her small church in the rural Midwest. God is moving. Seeing God work in small churches, watching you all step out in so many ways. It is inspiring. It is engaging. It is contagious. But we also hear what's not working. And can I tell you the common denominator of what's not working? It's when we are doing things the same as we used to do them. It's not working. We cannot continue to program our churches as we did two or three decades ago and think it is going to reach the needs in our culture today of real people walking around us. Jesus did not come into a culture and say, this culture stinks. Let's go back and do things how we used to do them. Why is this not working? There is a problem with the culture. He didn't do that. People looked at Jesus with curiosity, even with suspicion and even with disdain. But people were drawn to Jesus. He radically changed the church. Sometimes when I think of Jesus, I think he started the church, but the church was there. The people of God were there. There was a church. Do you ever think about that? Jesus came into an existing church culture. People who were following God. You know what the most radical thing that Jesus did, in my opinion? He looked at people and loved them. So radical. That is not what the church was doing. Jesus came and looked at people and loved them. He talked to people, you know, the woman at the well that nobody else wanted to talk to. If you are serving in women's ministry, children's ministry, or youth ministry, and you're tired of ideas that don't work with smaller numbers and smaller budgets, or pouring time into events that don't seem to be making a difference, or starting and restarting with new people but the same struggles, we have got you covered. Check out our ministry bundles with done-for-you resources that work the first time, a step-by-step plan that fits into your busy schedule, and a strategy that gets others excited to join too. You can find the links to check them out in the show notes. He shared stories that brought Gentiles and Jews together. The poor and the rich. The Sermon on the Mount. 
The children let them come to me. He looked at people and loved them. This was radical then. And may I also say, maybe it's radical now. So all that to say, there are new things to learn, new things to embrace, new skills to conquer, to live into. If you want a change in your church or in your life, we need to be willing to do things differently, to learn new skills, and to let go of the old ways that aren't working. And I would like to say that starts with us personally. It's not just that we need to change our churches or bring change into our church. We need to change us. We need to partner with God in that. And it takes time and it takes commitment and it takes a priority and it takes a shifting of our schedules. If you can't fit learning into your life, I would like to just go out on a limb and say something needs to change in your life. Learning and a growth is part of who God created us to be and the path that he wants us on learning and growth. If you are too busy or you feel like you're doing it all in your church and burning out, please tune in here. If you are working for the church at such a rate and speed and commitment level that you do not have time to learn and grow, That is a problem. That was never God's plan for us ever. There is a better and a different way to live. And you can let go of some of that. Because God's plan for us is always possible. Now, sometimes in our mind, we have a different plan for our church, a different plan for our schedule. And that might not have room for learning and growth and quiet and stillness and processing and creativity, but God's plan for us does. And I know this because it's exampled all throughout scripture and because it's the way that he created our bodies, our brains, physiologically, emotionally, relationally, socially, spiritually to function with space and growth and learning and purpose. So all this to say, my plan to repurpose a great teaching I did last year or the year before did not work out well for this week's podcast. I just couldn't do it because I've grown too much since then. And I want to give you my best. And today, my best is to encourage you to grow and learn and to prioritize your growth in your life, in your schedule, to learn new skills, new ways because God is always doing new things. So where are you learning and growing? And I don't just mean with the word of God. As Jesus followers, sometimes that is our focus. We are memorizing, we are learning the word of God, and that is good and solid. But I'm not just talking about quiet times here. You see, we can have the most knowledge of scripture and the deepest prayer life and not relate at all to the people we were put on this planet to be in community with. We can be amazing Jesus followers and totally stink at relating to people or facilitating a group or understanding our culture or speaking or putting together some communication that actually reaches people where they can grab it. I think discipleship goes well beyond spiritual knowledge because we were called to live in this world and relate 
to the people that God put next to us to do our best to love well and lead well. And yes, example well, we are called to be a light, but let's grow into shining that light brighter and better. If you are involved in women's ministry, a great step this month really is to grab a free ticket to the women's ministry conference. It is online. It is amazing. It is not like anything you've seen if you haven't been to our conferences yet. It is not at all like watching a Zoom call or, you know, tuning in to watch some presentation online. It is interactive and it is life-changing and it is real and it is authentic. And it is people in small churches talking about what is working in small churches, not just programming, but in their lives. Talk to those who've been to our conferences. If you're not in women's ministry, I'm going to go out on a limb again here and say you might still want to come to the women's ministry conference. It's free. There are always leadership topics and ministry tips that are applicable applicable beyond the scope of that one topic, okay? You can pop in and check it out, and why not? It's free. Then you'll have an idea of what the Kidman Conference is going to be like at the end of April. Or at the end of September, we are doing um, a conference just all about more volunteers and how to build your teams well. Now, wherever you are today, I want to encourage you you don't have to be there tomorrow. If you are on top of the world and super excited about your life and ministry, get ready because God has even better coming than you can imagine. If you are in the pit, there is hope for newness and growth waiting for you. The journey is not always easy and it is not instant, but you can get on the path of that today, the path of growing and learning. So please come join us at whatever level you can get involved in. If you want a community that's going there together into newness and future and growth, you have us right here. People who want to whine about volunteers not pulling their weight or about how terrible the culture is or how beyond help their church is, I want to be honest, they don't stick around with us for very long because we are moving forward following God's call and being an increasingly bright, shining light in the world. So as I wrap up today, I just want to ask you, how do you want to grow this year, this season? What is next for you? What do you want to change about your life or your ministry? Please be careful that you're not picking what you want to change about someone else. We need to watch that. Sometimes I hear people say, I just want more people coming. I want to get people to show up. If you're saying, I want to get someone to do something differently, let that go. We're not talking about manipulating anybody or changing anyone else. Our responsibility is to be the disciples that God has created us to be. I'm talking about you. What do you want to ask God to help you with? Do you know that you're wearing too many hats? You know, we usually know what we want to change in our lives. We just don't always think there's a way out or a way to change it. So what do you want to change? Do you want to grow in leadership? Do you want to grow in finding a creative solution? Do you want to be more creative? Do you want to clarify your own vision for your ministry or your life? Do you want to step out in a dream that you have had and you believe it is God-given and it's just been nagging at your heart because you don't know what the first step is? I truly believe that God has more for us. Do you want to grow in loving other people better? Do you want to grow in understanding church trauma or reaching out with more compassion or building a team? 
I believe God has more, not just for you, but for your church, for your women's ministry, for the children in your Sunday school class that you teach, for your tech ministry. But in order to grow, we need to be willing to grow our skill, to change our methods, to prioritize it in our time, to take risks, to learn from others. We will not see a different result if we keep doing the same thing. So here's my offer today. What do you want to change? I would love to know. If you would email me at lori at smallchurchministry.com, just put grow in the subject line. I want to know where you want to grow. I promise I will read your email, I will pray over it, and I will send you a personal response. With the growing AI out there, this whole trend of computers and chat boxes and all this kind of stuff, I want you to know that what you get from us is personal, it is connection, it is real, it is authentic, and to the best of our ability and discernment, it is God-honoring. So please shoot me an email, Lori at smallchurchministry.com with grow in the subject line. I will read it. I will pray over it. I will send you a personal response. The other benefit about sending that email to me is that by identifying and sharing that one area where you want to grow, it gets more solid and it puts you on the path because you're bringing it to your awareness. You're deciding to do something you are choosing and you're putting it out there. And I will be cheering you on. I promise. I love you. I hope this message was something you needed to hear today. Commit to growth, which requires change. I know that can be scary, but it is the most amazing, fulfilling thing ever on the planet. And it is also the way that God designed us to be, to be always growing. It's the only way to really grab onto the life journey that God has for you. Don't forget to grab a free ticket to the Women's Ministry Conference coming up if you happen to be listening live when this podcast airs. It's not even two weeks away at this point. And if you're ready for that deep dive into creating some lasting change, walking into some newness for you, for your church, growing in skills specific to small churches, come join us in the Small Church Network. It is learning in community, and we would love to have you join us. The link is in the show notes. All right, that's what I got. Have a great week and be a light.